2: Hey everyone, this is John Roca from
3: Collider. By now you've likely heard about Disney Plus, the new streaming service that includes Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and National Geographic. With all of these amazing brands in one place, Disney Plus is one of the most incredible libraries in the entire streaming landscape, and it's all ad-free. From beloved classics like Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, to today's blockbusters like Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame to critically acclaimed documentaries like National Geographic's Free Solo. The content on Disney Plus is truly unparalleled. Disney- Disney Plus also offers some of the most beloved TV shows of all time, including 30 seasons of the Emmy award-winning animated series, The Simpsons. And if that weren't enough, Disney Plus has also rolled out a host of originals like The Mandalorian, the first ever Star Wars live action series, and high school musical, The Musical, The Series, a very meta take on the beloved film franchise. It's no wonder Disney Plus has become one of the most talked about streaming services of 2019. So don't miss out. Sign up for Disney Plus now and start streaming all this great content today.
2: All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
3: Today in another live Collider movie dog, the birds of prey get a first look down in Brazil. Kylo's helmet, what's that all about in uh, The Rise of Skywalker and Spider-Man drinks? Who knew that? So is he the legal age? I don't even know. We're gonna talk about all of it on Collider Movie Talk today. So, as that logo rolls on out of here, he's gonna be playing That's the voice while he's got it. That's the kind of mood I'm in today. Yeah. Hey, everybody! John Roca sitting in for Perry I climbed out of my deathbed. As some of you saw there on my Twitter and my Instagram what I'm suffering through. I really appreciate all the kind words. But I'm here to host Collide Movie Talk. You know what? Because the show must go on. I'm doing I'm gonna, and I know I can't I can't carry this load alone. So I brought along two incredible friends and incredibly talented and knowledgeable people to join me. That's Koi Jandro over there. How are you, my man?
4: Doing well, man. We're gonna keep you propped up. We got this. Thank you. I'm More wearing, support.
3: You wearing Muhammad Ali, that's great. He's gotten up many times after being knocked down. I certainly feel knocked down today. Thank you for that. And over there, Jeff with a shirt the homeless man gave him on the way into work today for Collider Movie Talk. How are you? Great.
0: I had my Z Pack this morning. I'm feeling good. <laughs> what is that?
4: Naked juice? What is even in that? that. Is, is it recovering? It's He's recovering. Naked uh... orange juice. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't orange juice naked by itself? What is what do
3: you put in orange juice? I don't know. There you go. Fuck. All right. Well, that's kind of thrilling commentary you can look forward to today on Collider Movie Talk. You, you, I want to say right. one thing to Adam Smith in the booth. Good luck, my man. I don't know how we're going to do on this one, but let's have some fun. The first uh, item we're going to talk about that's Harley Quinn down in Brazil. Down in Brazil, some of you remember there from Frank Sinatra's days, but down in Brazil <laughs> uh, at the CCXP 2019 in Sao Paulo, we have uh, Haley Fouch down there. I think Steve Weintraub is down. There. I think Adam Chitwood is down there as well. But this comes from Haley's report. She was. There And they got treated, the fans uh, got treated to the first five minutes of the Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Uh, It it, it showed all this exposition that she does the voiceover for basically breaking up with the Joker, destroying Axis chemicals. All this symbolism of essentially being, like the title says, emancipated from the Joker and pursuing a new life. We get uh, some shots of uh, Huntress, and we get some comments from a number of people there. Cathy Ann, who directed... Uh, The film said in her quote, It was awesome creating Gotham, a new Gotham that's different from the Gotham you've seen before. This is Harley Quinn's Gotham. This Gotham is colorful and crazy and weird. Uh, Besides breaking the record for saying Gotham (laughs) uh, uh, multiple times in a short amount of uh, sentences here, um, I think it's an interesting comment and quote you read through the five minutes here. So much uh, is revealed already in the first five minutes. And I don't know if you're watching the Harley Quinn uh, animated series mm-hmm. yet, Koi, uh, on DC Universe. I was treated to the first two episodes... Certainly, the beginning of that is almost the same thing of her breaking up with the Joker, wanting to find her own way. So, is this a movement amongst all of DC with uh, Harley Quinn and Warner Brothers to m- kind of make her her own thing?
4: I'd say we're living in like a like a Harley sons of sorts. Like, okay. we're, we're getting a lot of Harley Quinn comics. There's there's three or four different lines in the comics right now. There's right. the show. There's this. So, I, I think DC is smart in using. I think it's a good way to keep the Joker Joaquin Phoenix movie as its own animal and use Harley as kind of the pseudo Joker in the uh, live action stuff. Right. I, I don't see them bringing back Jared Leto and the five minutes sounds like they kind of actively state that. It seems like yeah. they're like you know distancing themselves as much as they can. I'm not saying there's not going to be a live action Joker. I'm not saying this universe doesn't have a Joker. I mm-hmm. just think while they're figuring out all their ducks in a row it's a really smart move to have the Joker be the Margot Robbie character. Right. And Harley Quinn is such a strong character that it's, it's a smart move because we don't need 82 jokers i'd rather have a harley quinn story i'd rather see this character evolve you cast margot robbie you don't halfway use her. So yeah. i think it sounds like they're really building that up i want that solo movie i think this sounds like a lot of fun and it sounds like uh the gotham sounds to me like the joel schumacher in a good way yeah. i loved the way gotham looked in those movies the rest of the movie was you know what it was right. But the, the gotham elements all i love the crazy hyper technicolor so if we get something like that but with the right tone it's, yeah. it's gonna be great well like anything in life it's the perspective of the person
3: who's right. looking at a city Well, I've seen many great films that showcase the beauty of New York City and the ugly, underbelly, dirty side of New York City. Same thing with L.A., the beauty of L.A. and the ugly underside of L.A. So it's a matter of the visual. And we're getting an unreliable narrator in Harley Quinn. Uh, We see her, her perception of everything that's happening. So we don't know what's true, what's not. And that's what makes it interesting. Jeff, I know you're not the biggest comic book movie fan. But this idea of taking this approach with the Harley Quinn character, do you like this?
0: I am mixed on it. I okay. would have to say. I think that Harley Quinn and Margot Robbie's performance as her is a bit like me in, in that we work, we work better in small doses. Mm-hmm. Okay, like I thought she was obviously the best thing about Suicide Squad, which was not a very good movie, but she she stood out. Yeah, um, and I enjoyed watching her. But I don't know that I want. Har- I don't know that I need a whole movie with that accent. It's it's kind of annoying. Oh, okay, uh, although I I am looking forward to Ewan McGregor and Chris Messina. Like and and I am open to a new Gotham that's crazy and colorful and isn't so gray and drab. Uh So I'm of two opinions with this movie. Okay.
3: Okay. Uh, do you like that they're leaning into the R-rated stuff of this? When you look at the five minutes, for example, she feeds a, uh, a, 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 a I don't know what is it a, a, an animal owner to a hyena, right? Yeah, going on. She's like throwing uh, knives at Joker's image. She's uh, running her car into the Axis chemicals to break to blow it up. Uh, she's cussing all over the place in this thing. I mean, um, yes, I I, so I, like, I, that I like
0: R-rated. Yes, okay. I mean whether it's Logan or Joker, uh, mm-hmm. that's the stuff that. That I respond to, so in that sense, I'm looking forward to it, and I'm looking forward to a new filmmaker, Kathy Ann, who's never really done anything like yeah, this. Yeah. Uh, she has one small indie under her belt, which I heard was really good. I know Ella J Basco, I think, looks uh, fun in this. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I, I I don't know. There's something giving me pause from like a full endorsement.
3: That's fair. I understand. I think I think there there were some people who had not the most positive reaction to the most recent trailer. I certainly. Not that it wasn't a good trailer. My problem was that if you're calling it, you're making a big deal about it being this kind of girl power movie and it really just focuses on one girl – that, that I had issues with that with the trailer. I want to know more about the Huntress. I want to mm-hmm. see more that's going on. And apparently you do get a little bit more of uh, uh, Kane in, in Black Canary, all of this going on, because so, they showed a new trailer after they did the footage as well. Mm-hmm. So um, are you concerned at all, Coy, about how they're approaching this mm-hmm. from Harley Quinn's point of view only?
4: Even the rundown, it, it yeah. sounds like it's Harley Quinn plus. Like, yeah. All the rundown is like, we gave you five minutes of Harley Quinn. She blows up Ace Chemicals. She does this, the Joker knives, all these things. Right. And then we give you a trailer with a Sprint. So there is a concern of yeah. it's it's a very what ninety ten. Even with Margot Robbie, I wouldn't mind a sixty forty split. I don't yeah. I don't mind if it's you know you cast an Oscar winner for a reason. Uh, I just I don't want this to be Wolverine and the X Men. Yeah. I, I love Hugh Jackman, but we never got an X Men movie because we had a Wolverine movie every time with some X Men in the background. Right, so right. I would I would appreciate it if they gave us the Birds of Prey if they want to call it the Birds of Prey. But I don't know if they can with the way they built it so far. So that that is a concern. I agree. Yeah, I mean it's funny
3: because Birds of Prey is the first thing in the. Title, yeah, yet and then eighty two words, eighty two words about Hard Quinn, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Jeff, do you are you concerned about that as well? That they might be kind of only focusing on her and not like Mary Elizabeth Winstead, the other actresses, Josie smollett Bell, all these people who are
0: involved in this. Uh, uh, Rosie Perez, I'm, I'm I'm fine with that. I mean, I'm okay. actually looking forward to seeing Rosie Perez back in a big movie because because I, I love her. But yeah, yeah Journey Smile Bell, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, I'm not sure that. That I that I think that they're movie stars or anything like that. Um, I just worry that this movie is going to be a little obnoxious. Okay, that is my fear. Okay. It.
3: Well, some of the quotes here. Uh, Smollett Bell were talking about Black Canary. She said, Dinah's all heart," and uh, we meet Dinah in the film. She's very much so just got her heartbroken as well because she's lost her mother to the world of crime-fighting and she wants nothing to do with it. Uh, When we meet her, Dinah's working in The Black Mask, which is the name of the bar owned by Roman scientists, which is Ewan McGregor, who will play Black Mask. Uh, Essentially, because we haven't seen The the Black Mask, Mask, right? We haven't seen The Black Mask. We've seen The Before. We haven't seen The After. And I
4: wonder if that happens at some point during the movie or if it's just he's just called Black Mask. I I hope it's a third act thing. I hope something happens because if they don't do that, then there's a lot of people... That's almost as bad as not having the Birds of Prey in the Birds of Prey movie. There's something about yeah. calling him Black Mask a very iconic character and then being like, but Ewan McGregor and his handsome face. Like, yeah. it's, it's a weird cop-out. It, it just feels disingenuous to the character and the name.
3: It's kind of like the end of uh, Daredevil Season 1. You had to have uh, the cut-up of the face of, yeah. of and Saw. And he, and he came like, back and he was like, oh, he still was so pretty. But just kept, scars. Hello, I'm the Chronicles of Narnia's blah, 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 <laughs> exactly. with a little
4: cut here. <laughs> no. Listen, I want to full-on Black Mask. If you're Jigsaw. Do. exactly. Yeah, right. It's
3: Is Jigsaw. Black Mask really iconic? He has become iconic. Iconic over the last 10, 15 years in comics. Yes, I'm sure Coy can speak to it more than I can, but certainly if it gets through my points of view. If it gets through my, like, filters, it certainly has. Yeah, I think iconic. we're lowering
0: the bar on icon here, but okay.
3: Well, comic book movies are... Just because
0: you're not aware of it doesn't mean it's not possible. Go d-
3: ahead.
4: It depends on where you're, like, looking at, at iconography, right? Like, if you're mining the well into Birds of Prey, the villains there are gonna be a not, you know, your Batman rogues. And right. I think it's smart to not use, like, a more traditional Batman rogue here, so I think Black Mask is, is like, that C-plus, B-minus level they should be using, because that can bring everyone's awareness up.
1: Right,
3: Black Mask has appeared in the animated shows. In the he's animated, a cool and the animated. character. He's a fantastic character. You need somebody besides the same people over and over again to keep it fresh Uh, and certainly you've you've got 35 different iterations of
4: batman why not have new villains that come through and i think the movie the batman movie is going to do the same like ventriloquist and clayface and all those characters might show up and they're definitely not as well known as you know your jokers and harleys right good point let's do some chat here uh j scott Farrell says most excited to see the huntress for mary elizabeth
3: winston i agree but i i see your point jeff like she's not putting butts in seats necessarily the way the way Margot Robbie does, so you don't maybe you don't want to focus her. But then again, how many people were going to see Guardians of the Galaxy? I mean, like the, those mm-hmm. people weren't necessarily names, so you know you. you I think you got to do better work at highlighting them, and hopefully, down the road there. Will Story Mode says Birds of Prey looks like a better version of Charlie's Angels. I'll definitely give it a watch. Matt Link looking forward to more Harley and seeing Black Canary on the big screen finally. Corbin Corbin though, Corbin Corbin says it sounds like Joel Schumacher's Gotham. Does
4: that scare you? I mean, I thought the same thing, but I didn't see it as a negative. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Fair enough.
0: <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll mm-hmm. listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the buzz mm-hmm. that, that. I've heard and maybe someone else that Collider has heard has not been great oh okay I, I will say that all right so that's what you uh, hear. I mean they, they had to bring in uh, what's his, what's his name uh, to do the the second unit like direction yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, to, to do the up, reshoots and stuff. right to beef up the action because right. it's obviously not really Kathy Ann's forte uh, she's working with a huge team of stunt people and right. so she's you know they have good people around her but I think that they needed someone with a little bit more experience doing yeah. that stuff
3: but do you think it's smart to drop this these five minutes in Brazil like you start talking about black masses it's not like everybody knows about the Brazil Comic-Con, so they've slowly been building over the last few years. Do you think it's smart? Because Wonder Woman 1984 is also going to drop their trailer in Brazil as well. Do you like this as a film? Well, I mean, the movie
0: opens in there. February, so it's not like you could hold it over for, for San Diego Comic-Con. Like, Brazil is huge. It's one of the biggest countries on the planet. Right. So. I think it's smart. As good a place as any. It's
4: becoming like an actual like uh, cultural touchstone. Like yeah. Venom Venom debuted footage there. Uh, a lot of the bigger movies are using that because it's it's a good time. Yeah. It's post summer, like we're we're deep into winter now, and for movies that come out in February, or early spring. Yeah. And and these comic movies are international. I don't think we should I don't think we should bogart every con for America and claim all the footage for ourselves. I'm agree. happy to hear that like Actually
3: I'm surprised quite yeah. I thought, you know, I would think it would be London or sure. something like that, or even Japan, Tokyo, yeah. that would be massive. But Brazil was something I didn't really think about, but they've really come on over the last few years. I ran in on a recent set visit. I spoke to a couple of uh, Brazilian uh, journalists, and they talked to me about how their thing has been building and how proud they are about it. So, you know, that's a good thing. Yeah, Overall, you got to be global, and studios are moving towards the global Aspect of their films, anyway. So and who doesn't not?
4: want to go to Brazil? Like, I mean, right, as right. far as journalism goes, i like, yeah. fly me to Brazil for a. Con, Maybe absolutely. next year I'll
3: qualify. <laughs> wine uh, wine take me to Brazil. I speak Spanish. I know it's Portuguese, but there are
0: <laughs> people who speak yeah. Spanish.
3: <laughs> I know, but there are people who speak Spanish. I love that about Brazil. It's the only country in the entire continent where Spanish is not their main language. Uh, let's see. Jenna James says, out of all the characters, it's not a film I'm really looking forward to. But if I had to choose, I guess Blas- Black Mask. Uh, uh, Luis Enrique de la Pena, do you think they'll make a spinoff series for side characters like Huntress for the DC Universe or HBO Max?
4: If it makes money, uh, yeah, I think I think this is one of those like you know test it out with the team movie, test it out with the known bankable stars, test right. it out here, and then the the most beloved character, the one that trends, the one that does the, you know the popular numbers, might get a spinoff. Yeah, uh, I think that DC is really restructuring in general, so now is a good time for a spinoff. So if it does well, then it, it's an option. I wonder if uh, 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 Renee Montoya could get a spinoff.
3: I Rosie Perez spinoff would be interesting. She talks about a character. She says that her her character is pretty hardcore. What I like about her is that she works in an environment where nobody's giving her respect and she doesn't cry about it. She fights back. She fights back really, really hard. Her goal is to clean up Gotham and make it a safe city and she will go to the end of the earth to do that. So maybe there's... I mean, the G, I've always wanted a GCPD show. Yeah. Gotham, I was hoping was that and then it really wasn't. And so I, I, that would be fun to see because I think there is an audience who want to see a world without Batman necessarily in it, but a Batman feeling around it. I mean, I'd, Batman, I'd watch that show, GCPD. That's a yeah. good idea.
4: Yeah. yeah, that's a good when show. When they cast Donna Logue, I thought that's what we were getting. Yeah. When, the, when the cast came out for that show, what, eight years ago, I thought, like, yeah, life on the street with Batman, without yeah. Batman, and then it just wasn't. It just became a big, weird, cheesy thing.
3: Uh, finally, uh, uh, we learned about the film's version of Cassandra Kane. This is what Haley writes, who Bosco described as a mischievous, sneaky street girl. She has a bit of a potty mouth, It seems to be everybody in this damn film has a potty mouth. And she's the one who brings the whole gang together. She doesn't have a family until she meets Harley Quinn. She finds an official family and a home in Gotham. So this is fascinating, too, on the heels of... Uh, Batwoman coming out with uh, with uh, Ruby Rose. Mm-hmm. Um, we're seeing Cassandra Kane essentially what, a different version. Is that right? Is that right, Well, uh, they're
4: two different characters. Uh, <laughs> in, in the comic, she's actually mute, which is interesting because yeah. in the, she talks at the end of the last trailer. So I don't know how that's going to work out. And yeah. then we've also got this kind of Bat family forming. What I'm curious about is with Batwoman on the CW and then the Batman having a different tone yeah. from the Batwoman. And then this show, it seems like what they're trying to do is capture all the different types of Batman uh, energy, like the different mythos and kind of give you whatever you see your Batman as. I think we're going to get a detective, more uh, gritty, smaller budget feel with Robert Pattinson's, so I think they can go the extravagant Joel Schumacher route with Birds of Prey, and that kind of satiates the Adam West fans as well as the Nolan fans.
3: Yeah. Jeff, you hear the uh, um, you said you're behind the scenes, you're hearing some kind of stuff. We heard that about Wonder Woman too and it still worked out and went really well and did
0: really well. Do you think? This- no, no I, I didn't hear that about Wonder Woman.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I was here when that was, I, I remember, I don't want to say the person who said it, but like some people were reporting that there were issues about Wonder Woman behind the scenes that it wasn't doing really well. that oh, wasn't who, happy who was
0: reporting it. that? I'm just telling you. And it okay.
3: did well in the long run. Do you think, and people were worried about Captain Marvel as well, do you think Birds of Prey will break $100 million on opening weekend?
0: I didn't hear anything behind the scenes on any of those movies, okay. by the way. Uh, do I think that, that this could break $100 million? Birds birds of prey like mm-hmm. open to a hundred million? Open. No. Wow. No.
4: Okay. Opens so in February it? Yeah I think I think between 80 and 100 I think 100's on the high side okay. I think these movies Definitely have a built in audience But February's a tricky time to open A lot of people are burnt out uh, It's a really early time To get back into The blockbuster season Yeah uh, I think that you know Movies can do well in that spot We've seen a, historically a lot yeah. But if you look at The overall average Movies don't generally Make 100 million dollars In February
3: Well we'll see I mean I, I I'm uh, I'm curious I want to see the reviews first Before <laughs> I go to the 100 million well, I think it's possible I think here's what Joker did yeah. What Aquaman has done What Shazam did I think it's possible it's, it's rated R, right?
0: It's rated R. It's not opening to $100 million.
4: Okay. All right. All, right. all right. I'm gonna call 7580 Joker's rated R. It made a billion dollars. That's the biggest character of like J- yeah. the
0: biggest <laughs> a character. That.
3: What? What? What do you not respond to? Well, all of a sudden you're a professional knowledgeable about superheroes? Tell me all about it. You're trying to say the bird. What do you want to bet? What do you want to bet, John? What do you want to bet? I'll, wow. bet, I'll bet you anything. I'll bet. I'll bet you a, be a new shirt. I'll bet you a new shirt. Okay, that, you then, know, from we'll a, estimate the shirt from at $100. a decent $100? place. Uh, shirt at One dollar, uh, from a decent place. Twenty bucks, twenty? No, fifty dollars, fifty bucks, hundred million dollars. Wood Ranch lunch, dinner. Wood Ranch dinner, the higher price. You got it. Okay,
0: deal. All right, hundred million dollars. If the reviews are point. good
3: and the buzz is great, well, you hundred million dollars. What are all these qualifiers? That's far, a, far. that's a
0: high, that part
3: of the game. You're, you can't ask in a vacuum right, I've, I've laid the gun. Anyway, we'll find out that Birds of Prey arrives in theaters February 7th, 2020. And there's more coverage, of course, coming from CCXP from our people down there uh, uh, covering all of it in the lovely country of Brazil. All right, let's move on to our second topic, and that is, I don't know if you know this, but there's a movie coming out in the next couple of weeks. It's called Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker, The Rise of Skywalker. And we've uh, our own Perry Nemiroff went down and had some conversations. There was a big Star Wars day, I think it was yesterday, a couple days ago, big Star Wars press conference, all that. I can't tell. I'm I'm sick as hell, so I can't remember when this was, but it was massive. I know it was this week. I know Perry was there covering it. And she talked to Adam Driver and J.J. Abrams about the importance of Kylo Ren's helmet in this movie. Let's take a look at that clip now.
1: Part of it is about his, you know, his commitment to the the dark side. You know, he, he, as you'll see, he's becoming supreme leader and without giving anything away, you know, his sort of focus has been a little bit you know more on practical matters he's assumed you know that position within the the first order and so this is a bit uh it represents his sort of recommitting to the dark side to the knights of ren and then you know because of a very specific thing that he's about to go do so it it it, it as you see in the story it's there's a reason for it which it might not be clear obviously at this moment to okay. the audience
0: we've been talking about uh, with uh, people before about masks and that's such a huge uh you know, iconography of star Wars that you just,
4: that we took for granted that we had to reimagine. So what is it about someone who hides himself, you know, or presents the person to the world, but underneath is something completely different. And I think for the, maybe there's a moment in this one where, uh,
3: that's surprising. God, this is so vague. Good job not spoiling anything. (laughs) So a lot there, you know, you see what you hear from the responses. It is him recommitting to the dark side, to the Knights of Ren. We certainly saw a clip of him from the recent TV spot walking with the Knights of Ren on a destroyer or a ship of some kind. Mm -hmm. Um, And the idea of masks. It's been a very big deal, obviously, since Vader. Uh, People remember when Luke had to confront himself on Dagobah. In the ma- and, the ma- and rip open the mask of Vader when he beat him and it was himself inside the mask which of course kind of a little foreshadowing that his dad was Vader. So I'm gonna go to you first Koi because I know uh, uh, Jeff doesn't necessarily want to opine on this too strongly but Koi you, does this make you feel like there's not going to be a redemption for Kylo? He definitely gets redemption. Yeah
4: you think so? I mean even with all these comments. Especially because of all these comments okay. they're, they're doubling down on the twist but like mm-hmm. you know, there's so many moments in the trailer that lend itself to that. We've, we've seen so many uh, implications that she is trained by Kylo. There, there seems to be... I doubt she goes dark, so I definitely see him going light. Okay. Uh, I do like the idea that the the mask is a symbol on top of a symbol. Mm-hmm. I like the idea that him rebuilding it represents something an important movement in the movie. I love the way they use red to kind of like, you know, glue it back together. Yeah. I like all the imagery there, so it's just a matter of... Um, I hope it has something to do with the, the crystals that form his lightsaber. Yeah. Like that might... He rebuilds it with those crystals. I know very little about Star Wars. I'm not going to claim any knowledge, but I know there's a, a kyber crystal. Yeah, the kyber so maybe he uses right. a kyber crystal to kind of glue his stuff back together. Ooh. Again, I don't know anything about Those Star Wars. Those are usually for lightsabers, but, but okay. it, maybe, I don't know what, maybe. I don't know what kindergarten's like in Why the not world of Star Wars. Maybe be- you got your like cluster of Paris, used <laughs> some kyber crystals. I don't know. This is my level of knowledge, but it was red. I got excited. I liked it. Kyber crystal Lego building blocks. <laughs> yeah. I respect it, it, that. We're going to go crazy. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm excited for it, but I definitely think that he still goes good at the end. I think Adam okay. Driver uh, will land on the on the good side by the end of the movie. Um, But I, I think this will make $100 million. Oh, well, yeah, good call.
3: <laughs> good call. <laughs> Uh, uh, They end the quote by saying, what is it about someone who hides himself or presents a person to the world but underneath is something different? Maybe there's a moment in this movie that's surprising.
0: Maybe there is. I hope so. (laughs) It's a a two-and-a-half-hour movie. Uh, Do I hope that that Kylo Ren is redeemed? No. He's the villain of the the movie. Yeah. Why why, why are we hoping that this guy turns good? There's good and there's evil. He's evil. Yeah. I don't want to see him become a good guy. Yeah. This just movies 101. Were you cheering for Vader's redemption, though?
3: No. You did? Know, so when he saved what? Luke, you were like, oh, damn.
0: You're going to do this? Really? Oh, yes. Him? When he saved Luke, I remember. No, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh,
3: yeah. The end of Luke of the Jedi, when he throws uh, the Emperor down the chute. Nothing. All right. <laughs> do you like the fact that they're approaching this as, in a symbolic way, uh, you know, kind of like a complex way, the idea of masks and wearing masks? Like, the fact that that stays. Throughout a theme that stays throughout the Star Wars coming back. Every to
0: it. listen, how many how many Star Wars movies have I covered? The, 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 these actors go on these press tours and they talk about the deep themes and oh my god, this and that. This stuff's not in the movie, so we'll see. We'll you know I want I got to see the movie before okay. I talk about it. I don't okay. understand how people can do junkets for movies they haven't seen. Why does Disney make journalists do this? There you go. That's the uh, Snyder rant. You'll see more of that on the Snyder Cut. <laughs> you
3: sure uh, will. I'm <laughs> sure you can hear more of that on the Snyder Cut later today. Any last things you want to say about this, Koi? I mean, I, I like that they said what they said. I like that they're kind of leaning into the mask. I like the idea of him recommitting to being the supreme leader. But if they do redeem him, are they going to do it from the top down? Because remember, with Vader, he killed the Emperor, mm-hmm. but the Emperor never turned good. If this is essentially kind of the take, taking the place of the Emperor and Vader because he killed Snoke, uh, surely we heard Palpatine, but we don't know what Palpatine's going to be the helmet or Palpatine was connection. But what do you think about this?
4: Uh, I th- two things. Uh, my first thought is is I think it's really important that the actors find depth in in these things. So I, I think the the benefit of the junket is to give them the opportunity to show things they can't necessarily like on screen. If, you're, yeah. if you've got five hundred things coming at you in X wings and, and Tie fighters, you don't get the time to have the depth. But you cast you know your Adam drivers and your talented actors. Yeah, they're they're putting things. There's there's an undercurrent of the performance that you know they get an opportunity to talk about. I, I think a lot of the best actors work in superhero movies because actually have you seen the the end game deleted scenes that didn't have cgi yeah it's incredible the work they're doing because there's nothing going on and they're putting in the work the astral plane one was fantastic it's incredible because like you're acting off of nothing and i think that's way harder so i think junkets allow you to say the things you don't get to necessarily show on screen um but as far as the the movie uh redemption i think we're living in a really different time than the first star wars Mm. so i think that like you see some of the marketing saying like choose a side Jedi's are good, and Sith's bad. It's not really a side to choose. Right. So I think it's going to be interesting if we do get redemption, because we live in a, a, a not scarier time, but a differently scary time. Right. So I think the world's always going through like rising and falling of different you know, elements, and I think right now we're at a very uh, tumultuous time. So having a movie where something upends the status quo is an interesting commentary on where we are. Well, the gutsier
3: choice, I think, in my opinion, is to not redeem them. Is to have him have Ray kill him once and for all, mm-hmm. and atone for all the sins, and maybe in that moment of death he realizes the mistakes he's made, and find some kind of enlightenment. So you kind of pseudo redeem him before he dies. But I think he should. I think Ray should take him because it's right. It's good versus evil. That's what it's all about. It doesn't always about holding hands and walking into the sunlight to sunrise together or sunlight, whatever sunset together. It's about you know sometimes you do have to take evil off the world. But, I, but I do the fear the
4: redemption is the linear choice that will happen. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, everybody knows my feelings about that. I've certainly had some battles on Twitter about it myself. So, all right, uh, well, we'll see what happens. You know, the movie comes out in the next couple of weeks. It'll be exciting. Uh, we, I haven't heard yet of when our screenings are going to be, so I'm looking for. I know when, what day. I don't know what time, but I'm looking forward to seeing it, and I, I, I can't wait to talk about it. And hopefully they wrap this thing up in such a fantastic way. Uh, whether Jeff wants to see that or not, we'll see. All right, let's move on to some uh, promos for uh, other uh, content you have here on Collider before I pass out here. Uh, Collider, mailbag is coming up this weekend. Guess who's not hosting it? Me! That's right. I wasn't feeling so great, as you guys have known, but Dorian Parks didn't even wait for my body to get cold. He slid right on in there and said, I can host it. I can host it. So come and watch Dorian Parks 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time or Pacific Time every morning on Saturday and Sunday this weekend and see how he does as the host of uh, Collider Mailbag. I personally am looking forward to it. Love that kid. Hope he does really great. But it's still my job, USOB. All right, let's move on to some other promos here. What else we got? Oh, we got some wrestling. Let's uh, take a look at that right now. Oh, no, that's the Rocket Man. (laughs) That's the (laughs) FYC screening we got coming up. Sorry about that. That's on Saturday at the Arclight here in Hollywood at 7 p.m. There are still tickets, and it's followed by a Q&A with Taron Egerton, Jamie Bell, and Dexter Fletcher, the director of the movie. I personally love this damn movie. People don't give it enough love. It should be nominated for Best Picture, in my opinion, and possibly even Best Actor, but, you know, Jeff would disagree with me. Uh, Adam, do we have any wrestling stuff? No? What's up, Collider? There he is.
0: Ryan Satin here from ProWrestlingSheet.com, where you can find the top stories throughout the week in the world of Wrestling. If you're a wrestling fan like myself, then you would be doing yourself a disservice by not checking out all the shows we do every week on YouTube.com slash Z slash Wrestling Sheet. In particular, on Wednesdays, we've got a SmackDown recap show hosted by John Rocha and myself where we pick apart and, and talk about every little thing that happened on the blue brand. So do yourself a favor and go subscribe at YouTube.com slash Z slash Wrestling Sheet. Yeah,
3: the pro wrestling sheet's still happening. We're not doing the recaps anymore, those ones those highlights you saw there, the raw and smackdown recaps anymore. But they are still doing the Pro Wrestling Sheet Radio uh, uh, on Thursdays with Ryan Santos as sort of guests. And occasionally I get to come on as well and talk some wrestling, which is always fun with those guys. So don't uh, forget that. Jeff, you got a Snyder Cut coming up today? I sure do. I'm taping it later. I don't know what I'm going to be talking
0: about, but I'm, I'm going to be planning it after this. What about Kylo Ren's helmet? Do you want to talk about that? That will not be in the show. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, I, I have a, a deep cut coming up on the Collider Conversations feed that drops today. A little bit later today, I, dra- I uh, interviewed the director of the Brazilian film The Hidden life that is uh, being a no- possibly nominated for uh, Best Foreign Language Film. Uh, Kareem Ainuz is the director of that film. We sat down for an hour and had a fantastic conversation about his career and about the film itself and why he loves it so much. All right, let's move on to our third topic. That is Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Well, this is an interesting story from the, Ho- this is via The Hollywood Reporter, but on Jimmy Kimmel Live. Tom Holland was on there and he was talking about, he was asked about the Spider-Man situation. Of course, everybody. Everybody knows Spider Man MCU Spider Man Sony uh, that whole thing that went on a few a couple of months ago and Holland so happy now that Spider Man has come back to the MCU but this was an interesting tale apparently uh, Tom got a uh, Tom and Iger Tom and Bob Iger the CEO of, of, of Disney. Started having these emails, and after Tom spoke at, uh, I think it was uh, D23 about Onward and about how much he was going to miss not playing Spider-Man and all that, kind of prompted a response from Iger. Then it was emails, and then apparently after a night of pub trivia with his parents, three pints in, Bob Iger just happened to call Tom Holland. First, let's just stop there. Who goes out drinking with their parents? Tom, you're such a sweet guy, I guess. He answers and admits to being devastated on the call because it truly felt like the end. But then Tom said, we had a really good plan on what we were doing, going to do with Sony after the split. The future of Spider-Man was still very bright, but it would have been a shame to take him out of the MCU. That's where he belongs. We built such a strong character in that world, and it would have been a shame to lose that. But I'm really glad we managed to work it out. Now, I go to Jeff Snyder on this, because Lord knows Jeff Snyder's had many drunken conversations from a bar. Uh, Jeff, uh, for God's (laughs) sakes, does this... Strike you as insane? Do you believe this story at all?
0: Yeah, no. (laughs) Yeah, like this is a deal. The Sony Marvel deal is worked out by these people, and they're called what is it? Um, lawyers. Lawyers (laughs) do that deal. Not Tom Holland. Tom Holland doesn't even do his own deal. That's why he has something called an agent. So Tom Holland, is, as, as cutest story as this is for the late night circuit and the fans on Instagram, uh, this was so far above your pay grade. I mean, I just don't understand why we're still talking about it two months after this deal is closed. Well, because he talked about it
3: finally, and he said, this is a new wrinkle. That he was drunk and and a conversation. I mean, with that, Bob that Iger. element
0: is funny. That Bob Iger calls and, and he's like, "Oh my god, this is an unlisted number," uh, and I'm feeling a little tipsy, but I gotta answer it if it's Bob Iger. Like that is a humorous sort of Wait, thing. do You think it's
3: an unlisted number to Tom Holland's phone? I'm pretty sure he put Bob Iger in his phone. He, I think I read that it was unlisted. Oh, I, I don't believe that part of the story. I don't believe that part of the story. Coy, what do you think about this? You're a, you're a massive Spider-Man fan. Do you first of all do you like the story, and second of all do you believe the story?
4: I uh, I'm more curious. about The Sony element, like what the movie would have been, I I like Uh, that line of the quote. To me, is the one no one's talking about. They had an entirely different path, saying like we had a Sony idea and now we have a Disney idea. And I'd be fascinated to know like what is mutually exclusive to either. Like what are they allowed to do now that it's back over here? What had they written? I mean, we we assume there was going to go like he'd be in Venom, he'd be in Morbius. Will that not happen now? So for me, that was all fascinating. The 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 fun hijinks of the late night talk show drunk element. Like I I can't imagine answering the phone being my Bosses, 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 boss. Yeah, right. Uh, so, like, that's a really, and also Tom Holland is just the most earnest, endearing chart. Like, who else would go out drinking with their parents and get a phone call from Bob Iger? Right? Like That just makes all the sense, like karmically, um, on a pub trivia night. No, it's less. Just, it's just all adorable. Yeah. Uh, and I saw him at D twenty three, and he was just so bro. Like, we all saw him at D twenty three, and he was just so downtrodden and sad, and, like, you felt the weight in his shoulders of what he was going through, and they put him in public. Like, I felt so bad that the timing of those, like, you know, those arrangements, and he's like, hi, I'm here promoting that other Disney thing, and I can't talk about that Disney thing, and I'm just a child.
3: And I'm losing weight to... Being a film directed by
4: by guys who uh, directed an endgame that I can't be in anymore. And then uh, doing press for this, now he can finally say I'm back. But can you imagine if we'd had him promoting a Disney film and then doing another animated film and then a Russo film, but like, can't be Spider Man. So I just, I'm really happy for Tom.
2: Right.
0: He's an actor. He's acting. I mean, I'm sure he was sad just because of D23. Everyone's like, "Oh my God, Tom, you're not going to be in the MCU anymore." And he's like, "I'm sorry, little boy. I wish I could." I mean, but I'm sure behind the scenes, his agents are like, "Listen, this deal's going to work out because anyone with a brain knew it was going to work out because there's something called money on the table, and nobody lets money just go."
3: That's not true. That happens all the time in no. deals. No, no,
0: it doesn't. I can point you. To the Chicago Bulls
3: and Jerry Krause letting go of Jordan. People leave money on the table all the time. This is Hollywood. Oh, my God. There are many examples of people leaving money on the table for Hollywood. Moving on from Alec Baldwin's Jack Ryan. Well, we can't wait for you. You go do that play. We're going to recast it. There's many things that happen in Hollywood where they mess it up all the time. And have money on the table and just move on. Did you want to see the recasting of Tommy Chong from the Matrix films? Like, the, the, you know, he was good in that first Matrix. Why was he recast? Th- those kinds of things happen in Hollywood all the time where money becomes an issue. You recast and the results are not positive. So don't tell me I don't leave money on the table. They do. It's a matter of pride and ego. He says, uh, Tom Holland, I weeped, quote unquote. I was really emotional because I felt like it was all coming to an end. But I guess it didn't, so they worked it out. But sometimes, I know, Jeff, I know you make great points here, the lawyers, agents, money, all that involved, but sometimes it can be a human touch. And if the story was true... It sometimes can be just a human moment that pierces through all these layers and it's like, okay, well let's work this
4: out. I also think that if Tom was at D twenty three, he might not have been in the in the if the, the higher up rooms of those discussions like yeah. as you're speaking to. So I, I and the kid wanted to play Spider Man since he was born. So I feel like if, if there's even a chance of losing that that's gonna affect your day to day. Especially at a D twenty three convention. <laughs> like you're at a Disney convention going like can't talk about this thing I love. That that's that's hard on
3: a human. Yeah, exactly. Well either way, we're getting Spider Man back in the MCU. I'm excited to see it, and uh, however it came about, drunken or sober, I'm just glad to Lawyers, agents, or Iger and Holland, however it came about, I'm just glad it's happened. I think we all are excited to see. But, Coy, pro- there is a strong contingent of people to feel like you that would like to have seen what Sony could have done with another license on this. Certainly, Venom made a lot of money, mm-hmm. so the possibilities here... Would have been interesting to see how they would have worked the Venom versus Spider-Man movie because we might not get that in the MCU initially.
4: I think we would have ended up with a Sinister Six movie sooner. I yeah. think that they have all those – the universe of characters that belong to Spider-Man. Certainly. So I think they would have leaned out of him being uh, you know, mini Iron Man. And I, and I really, truly, I hope that the end of The Last Spider-Man put him – at the position to be Spider-Man for the first time yeah. within the MCU. We've had Uncle Tony Stark. We've had all the little side hijinks. Now it's time for him to be in New York, him be Spider-Man. So it would have been a perfect time for him to go over to Sony, but I'd rather him have a goodbye at Marvel that doesn't feel like we just got jolted out of it. Yeah,
3: fair point. Any last words, Jeff? Next topic. <laughs> all right. well, that's all the talks we have today, so let's get into your live chat questions. You all have send uh, uh, some questions here. Fast and Furious a lot of comments more than questions but uh, let's throw out a couple that came in through just recently now uh, J. Scott Freo wants to know with his version of Suicide Squad on the way do you think James Gunn had, has had any influence on Birds of Prey behind the scenes certainly we saw that in Marvel with other directors coming to talk to the Russo brothers with Endgame and Infinity War with their characters that they directed them in do you think this is something on the films they directed them in do you think this is something that's happening behind the scenes as well
4: I don't know that DC's as collaborative uh, mm-hmm. in that in the, there's no like brain trust and- and, and uh, James Gunn always felt like he was part of that, like behind the scenes Illuminati of yeah. making those, you know, Marvel things work. So I don't know if DC is doing that. I think I think that DC definitely respects James Gunn. So if there is going to be someone consulting, it's going to be you know your James Gunn's, your, your, your the people that are at that echelon. Right. So I could see that working out, but I don't know if timing wise that would would land for him. Uh, okay. So maybe. What about you, Jeff? No. You don't think so? You don't think James Gunn has any influence
3: on the Birds of Prey? because well, I mean, Harley no. Quinn is in both. <laughs> Okay. Oh, my God. She's in both? Well, I'm just saying. No. Okay. All right. Fair point. Lana Stanzik wants to know, any thoughts on Pacino missing out in the Critics Group Awards? Will this affect his Oscar chances in any way? The Critics Group Awards? Yeah. What is that? I, I'm just saying. That's what she's asking. Has Pacino been nominated? No. Not win. Him not winning in these Critics Groups Awards. Does this affect his Oscar chances?
0: Al Pacino was doing his Al Pacino thing in the Irishman. <laughs> he, I mean, Joe Pesci was so much better than Al Pacino Get out of here with this wow. Al Pacino talk wow. uh, The idea that Pacino is going to beat Brad Pitt Brad Pitt was excellent in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood mm. I, I just, I don't understand that Pacino love this season at all
3: um, Alright, here's a question that Dorian found I thought was really funny Speaking of conventions, this is from Luis Enrique de la Peña If you could visit one convention in another country, where would it be?
0: Ooh.
3: A convention? Yeah does it have to be a real convention? What, are you going to make up a convention? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my I God. I don't know the
0: international uh, comic cons. Excuse me. I'm scared of where you're going, but well, go ahead. I, I, I want to visit Australia. Is there an Australia comic con? I'm sure there must be something. Well, then then sign me up for that one. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh,
4: I really like Irish comic fans. They're, like, so dedicated because it's harder to get books over there. So yeah. Dublin Comic Con, they bring in really good talent, and they also, like, Irish comic fans are so zealous So the combination of that. There's a Dublin Comic Con? Yeah invite I will host
3: any panel you Just want at same. a Dublin Comic Con
4: yeah Coy and I will time. totally go we're please, there
3: please I Dublin Comic Con I haven't visited Dublin so I would oh, love to perfect go. yeah Yeah. Right, perfect Edinburgh too if there's we'll a go to SPG, we'll go
4: train MMA and then we'll go over to Comic Con we'll <laughs> have a whole time man it's gonna be great let me get
3: back in shape Coy and I'll do that <laughs> <Let's> <laughs> do it. let me recover from this first all right our next question uh, is from Luke Nelson what celebrity would you want to have a drunken phone conversation with
0: ooh this is a good question
4: <coughs> Brad Pitt Oh, nice! I feel like he's got—he's uh, one of the last movie stars. He's seen the tide change. He's played so many iconic characters, and I also—he's—he's he's that character actor trapped in like too handsome a body. Yeah. So I'd love to talk to him about like what it's like to try to get role. And, like he struggles for roles like other actors do, but he's a movie star at the same time. Right. So I'd love to talk to him about like the 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 struggle of trying to play something that people don't see you as, while also being better than a lot of the roles he ends up getting because he's so handsome.
0: Fair enough, Jeff. Tom. Hanks, Tom Hanks. Ooh. That's right, Tom Hanks. Get, you think, to, get Tom Hanks drunk, and I bet you he could be a completely different person than the guy we see on screen.
3: That's a good question. That's a good
0: point. That's, that's fun. fun. I he I has like some good stories too. Yeah, I, I'd love to
3: have a drunken night out with Russell Crowe. I might, yeah. have, I might not survive. Could you imagine? That yeah, like violent. Yeah, I mean, I might not survive, but it'd be worth it to tell the story if I did. <laughs> but a phone conversation, a drunken phone conversation. It's a tough one. Like, who's been around for a while and has stories, like what producers are out there or directors are out there that have stories from multiple generations
4: and multiple mm-hmm. decades and could, you could really, like, uh, get he, into a conversation. Tom Cruise would be fun because I can't That's, imagine he drinks. I was So it would be, like, a new thing for him? Yeah. Like, he'd be alarmed? Yeah. Like
3: he'd be like, well, uh, sure. This yeah. is fine." This risky is business.
4: Really This is what really happens.
3: This is what really happened on Top Gun. This is what really happened. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting. George Clooney's another one. I think I'd enjoy a drunken does, conversation. Does Tom Cruise
0: imbibe alcohol? I don't think he does. I don't think he does. That's part of the the curiosity question
3: anyway. You're not going to have a conversation with Tom Hanks. I think Ryan 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 Reynolds. Oh, that's fair. That's right. It's true. All right. Fair enough. All right. Uh, Let's see. Scott Bell What was your favorite Thanksgiving bread? Oh, my God. Dorian, you
4: always have to slide in
3: there. (laughs) A goddamn bread question. All right. What was your favorite Thanksgiving bread? The
4: ultimate bread of the year. Stuffing. Stuffing. Stuffing is the bread. That's the best part of Thanksgiving and it's bread. Unusual choice. Jeff.
0: Uh, the you, bagel that I have each year. Oh, there it is. I was going
3: to ask you if you celebrate Thanksgiving. I had a feeling you didn't.
0: I mean, I celebrated. I just don't really enjoy turkey. I had a, I had two bites of turkey this year. Yeah, you were in Boston. But right? normally I bring my own, BYOB, bring your own bagel. Okay. Yeah. You went back to Boston? I went back, yeah. Nice. Yeah. I didn't make this year. Got sick. They let
3: him back in. <laughs> oh, that's who gave it to me. Oh, oh you bastard. All right, uh, Luis Dan Dela de Peña, if you could collect any helmet from any movie signed by the star, which one would it be? That's a shout out. I love it. <laughs> Jeff, your answer?
0: Magneto's helmet. Oh, nice. And I'd have Ian McKellen. Sorry. Not Bender. Ian, no, McKellen. Ian McKellen. I'd huh? have Fair enough. He's freaking Magneto. Uh,
4: I think uh, Moneyball. Pitt, Sorkin, oh. uh, Jonah Hill. Like I'd, I'd get okay, a baseball helmet. helmet.
3: Yeah. Okay. I like yeah. that. That's a good answer. Cool. Yeah. Uh, well, we said Tom you Cruise.
4: Win, I went sports, and you went superhero. Something weird. It's an upside Whoa, down. Day. What
3: is going on? <laughs> we said Tom Cruise. I would love to have his Top Gun helmet, Maverick. Oh, that's Tom incredible. That would absolutely be in a case. Oh, Like
4: the first one, like yeah, Al Kilmer. Get everybody from the '86, right? Kilmer. Yes.
3: He's still kicking around. Anthony good Edwards. Call. All those. People. Tony Scott. Before Tom we lost Garrett. him. Yeah, Tony Scott. Before we lost him. That <laughs> Kelly McGillis is still around. Get all those. It would be great to have all those signatures. Uh, all right, uh, Steve Calderon. What are your expectations from the first Wonder Woman 1984 trailer? next week do you have any expectations
4: Uh, i I, we haven't seen much if anything we've seen some still some images. i think the uh tone is going to be what i'm curious if it leans nostalgia or nostalgia is it going to be like remember when or is it going to be just set in this world i I hope it leans uh, a little less stranger things and a little more just diving into the world so uh like the camera elements look like the 80s and all those things but i hope it doesn't like I hope the trailer isn't cut to like shoulder pads. I hope yeah. it doesn't go like, remember the 80s? And I hope it just feels like the
0: 80s. Yeah. What about you, Jeff? Damn, you're call- <laughs> really uh-huh. on the
1: same page. Um,
0: I was going to say embarrassing 80s fashion. Okay. <laughs> That's what I want to see. Yeah, right. I want to see just bad shoulder pads and track suits. And just, like yes. glow. Like we get in glow. Yeah. And I glow wanted, to, I wanted to have a little
3: bit of fun. Absolutely. It really is tough sometimes to watch that. Having grown up in the 80s, you're like, oh, man, what were you thinking? <laughs> Those, the, the, the big balls. Did you earrings? have a
0: mustache in the 80s too? I did.
3: I can show you. some a porn stash. It's terrible. Uh-huh. Maybe I'll post it up for the fans. It's a terrible mustache. And did
0: you, wait, did, when did you start wearing glasses? Did you have glasses in the 80s too? No, I didn't know I was, I had, I always knew I had vision issues,
3: but I didn't want to deal with it. Like I was very, you know, I was very, like, kind of at times macho dude, even though I was a, kind of a nerdy guy. Um, and I didn't want to, it wasn't until the military, to him, yeah. the military, oh, wow! They, 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 they put them on you. Yeah. <laughs> they this man can't you. see
0: <laughs> this guy. Can't shoot a rifle. I, I just uh, think of the glasses. My dad wore in the eighties and I, I could see them on you and no, no, yeah. <laughs>
3: never wore glasses in
0: the
1: eighties. Thank okay. God. Okay.
0: But I had no product in my hair.
3: So it was split and it just dropped. So I look like full. You got to post these pictures. I That's don't know. amazing. I don't know. Those are it's terrible. Te- I'm the <laughs> ugly as hell in those pictures too, man. It was a miracle any girl talked to me, uh, even though I did all right. All right. So uh, Pelanet Sonia, oh MK Songbird wants to know uh, what's your most overrated movie of the year? Most overrated movie of the year.
4: I had a look. Can uh, you
3: politically, yeah. <laughs> Answer this question.
0: I mean, I, I know what the answer is. I, I feel bad racking on it again. You don't have to rag it, a, but just say it's overrated. Bombshell.
3: Wow, but he hasn't even come out yet
0: <laughs> all right uh what would be a, i mean overrated, huh? You gotta t- you gotta look, huh? Yeah, I, I gotta right. look. I, right. I need a minute. Do you just try uh, no, the
4: same boat. I, I, I enjoyed The Lighthouse, but it wasn't, like, the revelation. But, like, that's not really fair, because I thought it was, like, a B, and a lot of people thought it was an A. That's not huge. That's not a giant disparity. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, I had a hard time getting into all The right. Irishman, which makes me feel like a bad cinephile. Ooh. But also, at the same time, like, I thought it was a B. It wasn't an A, so it's still not, like... Okay. It was fine. I'm glad I saw it. I wasn't upset. It just... Right. Uh, I think the most overrated movie of all time is Armageddon. What? Yep, that's right. Get that's off this the damn stage! I'll give, I'll give you that mic drop. It you're is that Criterion a a wow. film, a hard oh. act to go. My <laughs> bronchitis. Yeah, what the hell is wrong? A, that's that, a great movie. That movie hurts me that it exists. What? They train oh drillers to be astronauts instead of astronauts to be drillers. It has uh, freaking uh, Steven Tyler's daughter like singing. Yeah. Up. Like there's a ballad of Steven Tyler while his daughter makes out with Ben Affleck. It's yes. so weird and uncomfortable. That movie is just so like. Bleh. That's
0: a Criterion release. You're saying
4: yeah. that's why it's overrated. Yeah, it's fair enough.
0: Michael Bay film. It is not a Criterion film. Uh, I would go with either Midsummer. Oh, you thought was overrated. Okay. Yeah, or the one that's really driving me crazy Knives Out. I did not care oh, for Knives wow. Out at all. And I could poke whole, all kinds of holes through it, believe me. That is surprising. Yeah. A lot of people like that A lot this of people movie. had fun with that one. But okay. For me, like, you know, I was reading this thing Keith Phipps had wrote, and he was like, well, it does you know, the, I mean, um, whodunit, it's not really about the murder mystery. It's about the characters that you're spending the time with. I think it's the complete opposite. This movie could have been horrible for two hours if it had just stuck the landing. If okay. it had just, like, nailed the end of that mystery, and I don't think that it did. I got one. Okay. Aladdin. How did that do so
4: well? Like Aladdin, I was actively bothered by. I thought the new songs didn't work. I thought the pacing was awful. Uh, I thought that like the genie stuff really. When when they let Will Smith be Will Smith, it was great. But when they tried to make Will Smith Robin Williams, I noticed. Okay. uh, I I thought that the uh, the two leads didn't get a chance to actually be. Like I liked the actors, and that was the problem. Was I liked all the pieces of the puzzle, (laughs) but the puzzle never felt like it came together. Okay. I'm a huge Guy Ritchie fan, and I felt like they just uh, they stifled him. Like I felt like Guy Ritchie never got to be Guy Ritchie. Everything felt like it was someone else directing a Guy Ritchie style of a neutered version of Aladdin. So wow. there were too many elements that removed me from the movie and then it made so much money. Right. Uh, so this is that rare opportunity to hear me something something negative. Aladdin, I thought, was... Mm. Wow. Um, all right. I would say, because
3: um, Aquaman climbed over to 2019 Aquaman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Suck it. Suck it. <laughs> Your are of continues no a new year. Business making a billion dollars. No business. <laughs> Armageddon's a better movie. I said it. Uh, all right, one last question, and we'll get out of here. Planet Sonia, Sonia wants to know, if you had to be handcuffed to an actor for a day, who would you choose? Hmm. I think my answer is still the same. Tom Cruise. I mean, we'd be hanging out and doing all kinds of crazy things, and it would be great to get to know him for over a 24-hour period. And I'd probably have to do some crazy stunts with him if he was shooting a Mission Impossible movie,
4: especially if we're handcuffed together.
0: My answer would be Seth Rogen, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus.
4: Uh, because I feel like he's Deadpool. I want to hang out with Ryan Reynolds all day. Like I feel like that man uh, must have adventures, yeah. and he's like he's so quippy and interesting, but he also seems like a really heartfelt, like good dude. Right. I imagine the world is a lot funnier when you're around Ryan Reynolds. I think so too. My second choice is Charlize Theron, who's Absolutely phenomenal. My second choice is Natalie Portman. I yep. was thinking like there you go. her, the way she sees the world because she's like a Harvard graduate mother. Right. She chooses interesting roles. Exactly. I'd love to see how she like you know operates. Charlize is gorgeous. It'd be great to see dudes like fall over themselves <laughs> trying to talk to her and laugh, and we'd like share a little inside jokes about it. But
3: also, she's incredibly well. She's a knowledgeable woman about the what's going on in the world, the politics of the world. Mm-hmm. So we had some fun conversations. I probably get incredible amount of knowledge from having hang out with her. What about you, Jeff? You got a second choice? Second choice? What James Franco? What's your second choice? <laughs> Platinum <laughs> Express action. <laughs> uh,
0: Both hands. He's just like, I don't know.
3: You don't know. No. All right. Well, there you go. Let's end it there. All right. Well, thanks everybody for watching this live episode of Collider move talk. I apologize for my voice. As you guys know, I'm struggling through something. So I appreciate you all putting up with it so much. Shout out to Adam Smith in the booth who always deals with my craziness whenever I host this show or I'm on this show. I appreciate it like crazy. Uh, Corey, thank you so much. Where, where can they find you, my man?
4: Uh, Tuesdays on Collider heroes, Thursdays on giant size heroes all over the internet on Twitter and Instagram. And, uh, Screen Junkies, Nerdist here and there, uh, Ranker, all sorts of places. At Koi Jandro. That's where you follow him. Jeff Snyder, where can they find the Insnider?
0: At ins the Snyder? End, Snyder if you dare. There you go. There you go. That's true. That's for sure. <laughs> that's a challenge.
3: Uh, and also, uh, you can find me at The Roca Says on Twitter and on Instagram. And uh, we will talk to you next week with another live episode of Collider Movie Talk 9 a.m. PT on Monday. Until then, have yourselves a great weekend. And don't get sick.
1: Orangutans. They're beautiful, playful, and majestic, and disappearing. Every day, as many as 20 orangutans vanish. They starve to death when their homes are destroyed, or are killed when they stray into villages in search of food. International Animal Rescue is fighting for the survival of the critically endangered orangutan. But we can't do it without you. Please visit internationalanimalrescue.org and help us save orangutans before it's too late. That's internationalanimalrescue.org.